Hi, I'm John Murray, and you're listening to the NL Full-Time Podcast. Welcome to this week's NL Full-Time. I'm Luke Edwards, and I hope you've all had a very good weekend. And joining me this week is Rob Worrell. Hi, Rob. Yeah, hi Luke. Dickie's taking a week off. He needed a lie down after all the action that's taken place over the past week. So joining us, we've probably got the uh, the second hottest man in the National League. We, Michael Cheek is uh, up there to score his charts, but hot on his heels, it is Maidenhead's United, Danilo Arce. Hiya, Dan. Hi Luke, how are you? Very well, thank you. Now we're... Uh, now, Rob, obviously, I was—I didn't see any of the action yesterday. I was out enjoying the sunshine. So, what would be a headline? If anyone else hasn't seen the action yet, what would be a headline from the Saturday's National League results? Well, it'd have to be uh, something like um, "Awesome, Awesome" or something like that. It's got, it's got, it's got to involve a pun on the word "awesome," and it, Dan, you probably had. A, have you seen all those headlines now? I'd imagine you have. Yeah, I've seen I've seen a couple in this morning's papers. Yeah, and you, and you, obviously it goes without saying. Our regular listeners and 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 uh, regular followers of the National League will know that um, you're really hot right now. And we are talking about your goal scoring. I mean, he had a bad looking chap as well. To be fair, <laughs> but, um, oh yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, seriously, you're on a bit of a hot streak. It was three in the week um, against Wilston. Won it another couple uh, yesterday. To um, to put woke into the sword, six in the last three and uh, sixteen, I think now for the season in the National League, you must be very pleased with your return. Yeah, definitely. It was my first year stepping up into the National League. I just wanted to kind of get a foot in and try and make a name for myself. And thankfully, so far, I've, uh, well, I hope I've managed to do that. You've been pre-season um, on season as well, haven't you, Dan? Because you're at Hungerford, you scored goals there, then you got to move to Hampton and Richmond, you scored goals there, and then you've moved up a level again, and you've scored goals at Maidenhead. So you're progressing nicely each season, aren't you? Yeah, definitely. I thought when I first came back, I wanted to just get my foothold into the men's game. And that was uh, given to me by Ian Heron at Hungerford. And again, when I moved to Hampton and then now at Maidenhead, I'm just using them as learning opportunities and just trying to develop as much as I can while trying to make my way up the football uh, football ladder. You had to be a little bit patient at the start of this season, Dan, didn't you? You weren't always getting in the starting lineup. When you when you did get pitch time, you you, you put the odd goal away and, 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 and kept knocking on the door, didn't you? But that must have been hard for you on the back of two successful seasons as well. Um, just talk to us about the start of the season and now you had to be a little bit patient. Yeah, I knew stepping up, I was going to have to take my opportunity when it came and I wasn't just going to walk into the team out to earn my spot. And to be fair to the team, we, we didn't start off too well in the first couple of games, but then we picked up a run of, I think it was seven or eight unbeaten. So I'm there knocking on the gaffer's door going, look, I'm scoring a couple, Can I, like, what have I got to do to get a start? But he's going, the team's winning. We're not losing. I can't, I can't change it at the moment, which was fair enough. So I just had to keep training, training well. Sam, Sam Barrett was on at the time, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, Sam, Sam Barrett came uh, from Southend late into pre-season. He started flying at the beginning of the season. He, he's been unlucky with a couple of uh, knocks so far. But yeah, it was one of them things I just had to bide my team at time, keep working hard and just wait for that opportunity to come and make sure I was ready when it did. It what's, uh, what, what's Dev like? I mean, it looks like he'd sell you a car with that flat cap, but what's he like in the dressing room? Nah, he's great, Dev. He's great. Everyone said before when they're listening, you're going to have a great time with him. 
not only uh, on the pitch he's, he's going to develop you but off the pitch you, you put an arm around you and, and you can go, you go to him with anything and yeah he's just he's just a great character all around on and off the pitch so I've got, I've got a lot of time for him and grateful for, for what he's done for me this year He's he's one of the managers, Dan, that is actually quite hard for us to really get to know because I know that I have interviewed him twice. I think Chris, who's normally on the pod, does at least once or twice. Luke, have you spoke to Dev as well? Uh, no, not not no. personally, no. But the thing is, right, I, we, we have a standing joke, really. It, has anybody ever managed to get more than two minutes out of Dev? He speaks, he, he answers the questions very quickly. Um, probably would give Daryl McMahon a run for his money in that in that sense. And uh, of course, he he never gives too much away. As his, um, you know, when he's in the dressing room, I, I'm always a big believer that don't give footballers too much information because you can fill the head with too much and they can get it all wrong. Is he is he quite? And I, I mean this in a complimentary way. Does he keep his instructions uh, kind of concise and simple as well? Yeah, I think. I think with us as a group of players, he trusts us this season and he's kind of kept it to the bare minimum, but making sure we have enough that when we go out there, we know what, what we're doing and we've got some structure behind us. But I think he's more of just uh, putting a bit of belief and self-confidence into the players and, and letting them do do what they what they do best and what he knows each player can, can perform to. From an editing point of view, it's fantastic though, Rob, to be fair. I'm not complaining. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, hope you don't mind us saying it, uh, it, it but you know, we've we've say some of the other end of the scale. Dave Challoner is also very, very, you know, he's very engaging. But it doesn't. You can ask him one question, um, and to be honest, you can sit back and relax after that because he'll he, he'll he'll just flow then for three, four, five minutes, and uh, you know, just occasionally catches you out when he stops and wants another question. It's been a good week for you as well. Uh, off the pitch because it was your birthday as well during the week as well. So uh, many happy returns on that. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was a, it was a great. Oh, yeah, arguably my best. Well, it, it is my be- best birthday week I've had. Um, to go to Stockport on the Saturday, two days before my birthday, score there and get get a good point on the road, and then to follow up the day after my birthday with a hat trick. Um, yeah, I can't can't be asking for much more. What you put? What you put the good form down to then? Um, you know this sudden spurt in goals. What what you put it down to? Yeah, I think it's just hard hard work and self belief. I know I'm putting in putting in the hard miles outside of training as well in, as in training, and um, I'm ready. I'm ready for the opportunities when they come my way. So the teams teams putting a lot of them on a plate for me as well, and I've got a lot of faith in them, and they've got a lot of faith in me. So it's really just a team effort and. I guess I'm the one taking the glory with uh, with the goals, but yeah, I've got I've got to thank the team for for their hard work and the great run of Formula One at the moment. Just tell us about the game then against Woking. Um, I mean, your away form's been better than your home form, really, hasn't it this season? So that was and that was a big win for you at home, wasn't it? In the end, yeah, I think um, we go we go away and we set up maybe slightly different, or I don't know quite what it is. At York Road, we seem to be confident, but the results don't seem to go our way. Um, the Woking game was the game of two halves. We we started off, I thought, very well. We went into half-time 2-0 up. Started the second half very slow. Uh, they came out very quick, got an early goal. And we, I think, just kind of were running out of legs towards the end of it. We had the tough game against Wildstone and Stockport, um, all within the same week. And I think it was a well-earned three points in the end. So we were happy to hold on and 
it's another three points on the table and we're going in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, has there been talk of the playoffs? I mean, you're making a late bid and we're just looking at it now. You're seven points off the playoffs. So is there any talk around the playoffs or is it slightly too late now, do you think? Yeah, I think we've got a few games in hand. But again, we're not. We went into it. Everyone said, oh, Maiden, when there was relegation, Maidenhead are one of the favourites to go down. And we kind of thought the first few games with the team we've got, hang on a second, we're actually we're a good side here. We, we can compete after winning away at Wrexham and winning away at Notts County in the same week. So we're just slow, slowly going about our business, trying to keep quiet, not putting pressure on anyone. And I think everyone's just enjoying the ride at the moment, see how far we can go and see what this season can bring to us. Dan, is there one key moment or one key goal for you that, that stands out this season? You mentioned that win at Notts County. I, I'm pretty sure you scored in that game. Was it the winner? I can't remember. Yeah, I think I think the Notts County one was was the special one for me so far this season. Uh, it was it was the winner in that game to give us our second win of the season after winning away at Wrexham, and for me it was my first one in the National League. Um, it just gave me that bit of confidence of yeah, I, I can hopefully go and do it again this year, and obviously got me off to a good start um, in the National League this year. And the. Um... The other notable thing about the hat trick in midweek against Wilston, if 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 live score was correct, you got three in seven minutes. Is that what you've been told since? And uh, surely that must be some sort of a record, at, at least at Maidenhead, if not at this level. Yeah, I was I was told it was seven minutes. To be honest, I felt a lot longer being out on the pitch than seven minutes, but um, apparently, apparently so. So yeah, I'm happy with that. This I'd be happy with a hat trick if it took ninety minutes, let alone seven. So. No, it was a good result and, and a great day personally for me. Do you try, as a group at Maidenhead, um, do you try and use the fact that, I guess, one, it's kind of little old Maidenhead and two, it's all oh, their favourites to go down. Do you do you use that to kind of try and bond together and just continually keep proving people wrong? Does that does that help in a way that, you, you know, to give you an identity, to give you um, a pattern to, to how you're going to approach games? Yeah, I definitely think going into into each of these games, everyone looks at us, well, definitely to start with as the underdogs. Uh, the team who we're going to go there, we'll, we'll take an easy three points off of them away or we'll take an easy three points off them at home. But I think as the season's gone on this year, I think people are starting to pay a bit more respect to us. And I think our results have uh, proved that we, we definitely deserve a bit more and we can compete with some of the bigger teams in this league. It's- it was a similar thing, Rob, wasn't it, with Dev at Braintree? Everyone said the same about Braintree. He got him to survive every year, usually quite comfortably. It was only after he left that he went downhill. So there is that theme appearing, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. And and and, and I, I'd love to know what the secret is. Maybe Dan knows, but Dan won't share it. But He won't tell um, us. <laughs> I, I, I specifically remember, if I'm right, with my memory, and it can play tricks on me, you mentioned you lost the first three games of the season. And then you were live on TV. And before the game, the interviewer said, what do you think it is? Can you put your finger on it? He said, yeah, I know what it is. I've made a ch- You know, I know what it is. I've sorted it. We'll be okay now. And then you won four games on the trot. So <laughs> he wasn't bullshitting, was he? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll be honest with you. I can't even remember what the change was. Yeah. Um, it could have been as simple as saying, because he's, he's changed the hat, the lucky hat. Oh, um, um, <laughs> but what it could be, I don't know. He still hasn't told us to this day. But at, at the moment, I think we're doing well. So whatever he's done, I think he's kept it the same. So Rob, we'll, we'll turn our attention to the top of the league. Um, 
big game internationally, the big TV game with Sutton and they went to Eastleigh. And again, we don't always give Eastleigh loads of credit. Let's give them credit again, though. Ben Strevens, what, what a result for them against Matt Gray, Sutton to promotion chasing Sutton. Yeah, it was a huge result for Eastleigh and, and they proved they can do it against the big boys. It's a really, really tight game. Nothing in it. You know, it could have been a draw. It could have been a win for Sutton. Eastleigh got the job done. They kept a clean sheet against Sutton, which was always an achievement. If you watch the game, um, there was a couple of quite brilliant saves, um, from, from one from either keeper. Um, Sutton had this bizarre chance where they crossed it into the box. There was a lot of players. It deflected off one Sutton player onto another Sutton player and then careered towards the goal, but bounced back off the post. Um, and um, understandably, really, and he's not one to chirp on about it, but Matt Gray did mention in his post-match interview that um, it was pretty evident, actually, from the replays of the goal. Early on in that move, Tyrone Barnett received the ball in an offside position. He then went on to sort of secondary assist the goal that was, uh, um, you know, tucked away very nicely by Adam Marriott and, you know, returning a dividend on on that move, which which must have felt like... Christmas come in uh, March for, for Strev to get a player of the quality of Adam Marriott. Um, Dan, you will have kept your eye on the other strikers in this league, had a look at the highlights, seen what you can learn from them as well. Uh, and Adam Marriott, um, whilst it hasn't been a smooth, straightforward season for him, he'll be one of the strikers I'm sure you, you look at and watch. And, 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 and he's got great quality, hasn't he? Yeah, definitely. I, I heard about him last year when he was scoring goals for fun at in the conference north of Kings Lynn, which obviously got him promoted. And then yesterday when I got on, got home from our game, I switched on. And to be honest, I wasn't surprised to see him scoring for his new Fabrice. That could be a, a massive game changer in terms of the playoffs, Rob. Somebody bringing in somebody of that quality. We say goals are so important and, and no other side really has brought in, no disrespect to those strikers they brought in, have brought in somebody of that, that ilk, have they? No, they haven't. And, and it's massive because... All those sides up there are up there for, for, for a couple of reasons. One, they stay in games. They are hard to beat. Um, yes, it's the most inconsistent league in football and the bottom team can beat the top team if you're not quite right. But um, what you need going into the business end, sometimes the games are going to be really tough, really tight. There's going to be little in it. And, and you're going to need to be clinical when chances come along, basically. Adam Marriott is, is, is the ideal kind of striker in, in, in that sense. I'm not quite sure. I haven't looked at the teams lately to see quite how they're doing at Eastleigh. Obviously, Barnett was playing and involved yesterday. House uh, has, has come up with a couple of goals recently as well, but I don't know if at least one of them was off the bench. But that competition for places can only help Strev. And, uh, you know, he's heading now for potentially his, uh, his second playoff in three seasons. Um, they're just outside of it at the moment, but that, that would have given them a big lift uh, yesterday. Um, yeah, I, when, I I say to... of that, when I say of that ilk and recently, obviously Paddy Madden turned up at Stockport, that was a couple of months ago. I'm, I'm sort of meaning over. Before the transfer deadline day, which was uh, in the middle of last week, wasn't it? So uh, what, what a snip to get there. And as you say, yeah, one point off the playoffs, one defeat in five for Eastleigh. And they're very tight as well. You look at goal score, goals against it. It's like usually one nil either way, isn't it, their games? Yeah, very much. And, um, uh, you know, for me, we've talked a lot about who's in the title race and it's clearly three. Might it be four, including Stockport? But when we talk about the playoff race, we continually go, oh, you can go down to 11th, 12th, 13th and they're all still in it. And and they are. 
Dan's team art, my team, Aldershot art as well. But I have to say, realistically, and I'm not trying to pour sort of negativity over this, but realistically, because there's so many sides uh, that are effectively chasing probably the sixth and seventh place in the playoffs, um, it's going to be difficult to get past all of them. But listen, from Aldershot's point of view and from, from Maidenhead's point of view as well, um, if the team finishes 13th, 12th, 11th, 10th, 9th, 8th or 7th, it's a, it's, it's a tremendous achievement, isn't it, Dan? And you do have to keep this in mind when you look at the, some of the size of the clubs up the top end and some of the size of, of the budgets uh, for the likes of, of Maidenhead particularly to be upper kind of mid-table by the time you played your games at hand. That's quite an achievement, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Listen, our aim at the start was to get to 50 points to avoid relegation. And I, don't, I think we're only a few points off at that point now with, with 10 games to go. So for a club like Maidenhead to be there with games left over, it's a fantastic achievement for the club. And like I said before, anything that happens now is a bonus for us. So like you said, if we finish 7th, 8th or 9th, it's, it's a fantastic season, even if we do miss out on playoffs by a point or two. But while there's games left to play, we're going to push it right to the end and enjoy the ride. Rob, look who's back top of the league. It's Torquay. Uh, who'd have thought, yeah. eh, after a few weeks ago, Hartlepool didn't play and Torquay were 2-0 down against Notts County and in the eighth minute of stoppage time, up stepped Alex Winter to get that equaliser. It was Winter. He didn't exactly step up. He kind of side-kicked it in. It was, uh, it was a bit of acrobatic. It, it was weird because it was, it was athletic and acrobatic, but it didn't fly in. It literally kind of just got across the line and and they just got across the line with that point and keeping their recent unbeaten going in the 98th minute. It was really a, a tremendous turnaround because it was still 2-0 to Notts County with 15 minutes to go. Um, and uh, Lemon Hay Evans, I think, got the first goal. And then uh, Umera was sent off as well for, for two yellows. The second one being for he, he jumped up and caught a defender with his uh, elbow and got a yellow card for that. So it was a tremendous achievement. And I must admit, whilst I was commentating on my game, I kept an eye on that score and I thought, you Pratt, Rob, last week, you finally nailed your colours to the mask and you, mask, and you, you said Torquay are going to do it. You know, that whole Gary Johnson factor, he's done it before. Uh, and there they were losing 2-0 to Notts County, but they pulled it round. That point will have felt like a win to Torquay at the end. A, because they came from dead and B, because that point on goal difference, as you say, took them back to the top of the league. Yeah, hot on the heels as well as Stockport County. A really good win that uh, down at Boreham Wood, 3-0. And I mean, obviously Stockport are still in the, the title hunt just about, but really good win. Reed, Rooney, both scored again. That keeps them, that, that's a sore point, those two anyway, from last week, if you listen to the quiz. And, uh, and Ash Palmer opened the scoring as well. But really good win for Stockport. But yeah, as I say, has that ended Boreham Wood's playoff hopes? Well, it's put a massive dent in them. And I think, like I said, I think you can probably group Boreham Wood with Maidenhead and Aldershot in that they're, they're technically enough games and enough points left, but it would take a phenomenal run. It would take probably, uh, you know, for Boreham Wood, sort of seven wins out of eight or something like that, you know, and they, and they obviously have drawn a lot of games. Um, talking of the likes of Reed and Rooney, and you're right, is a sore subject. The only reason for that, Dan, is because we had a quiz last week and, and, and we had to guess the top goal scorers from each club. I'd like to say, by the way, I, I came up with your name easy enough at Maidenhead. I knew you'd gone past Sam. But when you come off the pitch and you've scored another goal or a couple of goals, uh, whereas most players look at the other results and the other teams, are you finding that you're scrolling down live score or 
flash scores or whatever to see if Cheek scored, if Reed scored, if Rudy scored. Yeah, no, I'll be honest with you, I normally am straight on the, uh, the BBC top goal scorers list just to see just to see where I am, see how the other boys did. And again, yeah. I saw Cheek scored yesterday. He's good. Going to say your nemesis, your nemesis, wasn't it? Nemesis scored, didn't he? Yeah, I had to tell Sparks. I said to him, "Just text Cheek." He said, "Just slow down a little bit. Let, let, let's try and make it a bit interesting towards the end of the season." But um, no, yeah, what? he's he's, he's the only striker, and obviously some strikers have moved up. You know, like your Danny Rose, but he's the only striker who scored double figure goals in the National League four seasons running. Now we were. Having a look at that last week, funnily enough, in preparation for the uh, for the for the quiz we did with BT, and uh, the question never came up, damn it! But <laughs> but we knew that. Um, uh, and, and you you t- we touched there on cheek and Bromley, Luke. Good time to mention them yeah. because they've nestled they've nestled nicely into uh, sixth place um, with another win yesterday, and that unbeaten run under the new manager Andy Woodman goes on. Yeah, I mean that that. Defeat for Halifax didn't dent their playoff position. They're still in fifth place. But yeah, Bromley, who who dropped out of the playoff positions. I mean, it's that. I'm just looking now. So it's uh, I think it's five unbeaten. I think Andy Woodman's not lost since he's gone in. It's four wins on the spin as well. As you say, Cheek scored and Joel Kizzy scored in injury time. Neil Byrne got one back. But yeah, Bromley are suddenly on the march, aren't they? Yeah. How did you get on against uh, Bromley? Have you played them twice yet, um, Dan? Yeah, we played them twice. The uh, the first time we went 2 0 up and, and ended up drawing 2 2 at our place. And then when we went to there, it was the opposite. They went 2 0 up and we ended up drawing 2 2 at their place. So two evenly fought games. I thought they were well structured at the time. And yeah, it could have went either way when we played them. I thought we were unlucky not to come away in actual fact with six points against them. Rob, as well, um, just below that is the playoffs. Um, Wrexham against Chesterfield. Wrexham in that last playoff spot. Chesterfield. Right behind them as well, and and I said about teams bringing in strikers of of, of that ilk, and I've completely slipped my mind. Danny Rowe was signed by Chesterfield this week, having had spells at Oldham and Bradford this season, and and what a signing that is for James Rowe. Yeah, it is. Um, I, I remember in his last season in the National League, Danny Rowe went on quite a barren run, didn't he? About nine, ten, eleven games without scoring. Is it's another coup for for for, for James Rowe? It's the eighteenth player he's signed on. Um, since he joined Chesterfield now. Um, uh, you know, just whatever you think of it, and I know there are other dissenters out there who, who don't agree with what Chesterfield have done, but um, that really is management, isn't it? Well, you know, you like it, love it, hate it, but my goodness me, he, he really has um, got into the transfer market there. So, so yeah, and, and it will be difficult to replace Asante, and it won't be easy for Rowe to come in and hit the ground running. He's a very different type of player, isn't he, to a quasi Asante. Um, much more of a lone kind of maverick, really. Um, he's capable of scoring from anywhere, but he won't give you the the, the dynamic runs and the pace that, uh, that that Asante will. So Chesterfield have got to adapt. And, and in the most unpredictable league that there is in football, that was probably one of the more predictable results yesterday. I do do one with a mate and I'd gone for nil-nil in that one and, and Juliet uh, turned out to be the case. It was either going to be nil-nil or one-nil, wasn't it? <laughs> Interestingly, that's that's four games without a win now for Chesterfield. I think it's the worst spell that James Rowe's been on since he became Chesterfield manager. But uh, he'll get him fired up again and going. Um, Aldershot played Wheelstone on Saturday before we get into that 
you caught up with the former Aldershot media manager and now at Wheelstone, Chris Woods. So with uh, Chris Woods, the former Aldershot town media manager, back at the EBB uh, on Saturday to see uh, the side he's now back involved with Wheelstone. Um, I took the opportunity to catch up and have a few words with Chris, or I'm going to take that opportunity right now. Chris, you, you'll have known what Wildstone were in for in the National League this season, haven't watched it over the last couple of seasons, but there's no doubt they equipped themselves very well, but financially and, and, and pandemic-wise, the side seems to have been affected, and of course a change of manager affected uh, more than most, and they've been really struggling of late. Yeah, I think once... We knew there was no relegation because um, we was playing well at, at a point under Stuart. We just beat Boreham Wood and, and Kings Lynn. We really sort of stuck our necks out away from the relegation zone at the time. Um, but then from then it has just sort of been. We've been competitive. I know our last results wouldn't say that. Our last two we lost seven two to Hartlepool and six nil to Maidenhead. But we started them games well, and I think what just is happening at the moment is. We go two goals behind, and and then it's just yeah, the towel gets thrown in. I'm not not saying that's the case. That is my just my opinion on it. But um, it's been yeah, last year been very difficult to watch. It's been a very sombre mood around the club. I'm confident had there been relegation that we'd be in these games that we've we've comfortably lost. We'd be in the games a lot better and and performing better too. So I don't, I just think it's it's the case of. Um, I guess the shackles are off, and not just for us. There's a few teams as well. I think Woken have gone on a bad run now, where they, where they've I know they've had bad injuries, but they've also sort of been resting players and and, and leaving people out. And I think uh, Dagenham, another one, look like they're slipping away now. Once once they realise oh they can't make the playoffs, um, I was quite surprised with the Aldershot team as well. I thought maybe they'd make a few more changes as as I guess uh, the draw Tuesday night really put a dent in the playoff hopes. But I guess if it's still mathematically possible, then then there's no point leaving it to chance. Aldershot manager Danny Sell's been quick to quash any talk of playoffs and just focus on the fact that they've improved somewhat from last year, although their form in over these remaining eight games will, will decide just how much they have pushed on from last season. Frustration at Aldershot is that they're not putting away teams at the end of the table that they might have done based on the improvement they have shown. One or two highs from the season. Um, I guess Jacob Mendy, who... Uh, who Maynard's playing in an attacking right-sided position as opposed to left-back, especially now Wishart has, has come in. Uh, I guess Mendy's been one of the highs. He's scored a couple of stonkers, hasn't he? He's a brilliant player. He can play anywhere on the pitch. And uh, Stuart Maynard, of course, is contracted to the end of next season. What about Chris Woods? Obviously, you, you, you moved from uh, Aldershot to Wilston in a big money, undisclosed <laughs> mover. But uh, what about yourself? Are you likely to be involved again at Wilston next season? Yeah, I think unless we went full-time, then yeah, I don't see um, any reason why I couldn't. It's um, it's a good learning experience, and there's some stuff I want to do next season to implement in the, in the media department in that side of the club. But the club's still learning. You know, it's been a good learning curve this season. Uh, no relegation has been a help. It's I think it's been a hindrance too, where you know there's more focus on the pitch and where the shackles are off. You, we're going to see results like what we've been getting. But I think off the pitch, the club's doing very well in. In, certainly if we can't stabilise this league for a few years we'd definitely be in a position where if we ever dropped into the south again we'd, we'd be in a position to jump straight back into this league Brilliant, great to catch up with you as always Chris and all being uh, well, we'll see you next season Aldershot of course took on Wheelstone and, and Rob I know you said last week Danny Sill didn't want to talk about the playoffs is the talk of the playoffs still on? 
Well, I think you've got to look at Aldershot's recent run. They've just played Barnet, Kings Lynn and uh, yesterday, Wildston. I think even the more pessimistic of Aldershot fans will be, would have been hoping for six points or seven points out of nine from those games. It didn't pan out. Obviously, you know, Barnet's resurgent has, has been vindicated. We'll talk about them in a little while now, the run that they're on under their new management team. Kings Lynn were very impressive in the week and, and actually Aldershot were probably slightly fortuitous to get a draw there uh, at home to Kings Lynn. But Aldershot were professional yesterday. It's difficult when a side's conceded six and seven goals in the last two games as Wilston have. Clearly, they were going to come and be hard to break down yesterday. And, you know, Aldershot had uh, a lot of possession, a lot of the ball around the edge of the final third with Wilston, a bank of four and a bank of five. But they did break through with a lovely finish from Harry Pagliato. He's having his best season at this level. He's up to eight goals for the season now. Um, and uh, But it was never comfortable. Never comfortable. Um, I have to say, is it Askew, the young 18-year-old that was in goal for Wilston, was superb. He made one of the best saves I've seen all season from George Fowler, who powered a header back in the direction it had came from. And Askew uh, managed to get a hand to it. Uh, eventually Aldershot prevailed with a second goal in the 95th minute. And it was only for the final 30 seconds of the match that the uh, that the Aldershot fans could relax. Uh, for Wildston, four defeats on the trot now, 18 goals conceded. It's a tough, tough end of the season for them. It's kind of slipping away. But um, Stuart Maynard's got a contract to the end of next season. He's got a rebuilding job to do there. Uh, and I'm sure he'll be confident of doing it. Yeah, Kingsland, as you said, picked up a really good point at Aldershot, but they couldn't beat Dagenham on their own patch on Saturday, 3-0 to the Daggers in another mid-table battle. Solihull Moors absolutely whacked Yeovil by five goals to one. Justin Donner was the hero there. He got a hat-trick as goals as well for Jimmy Ball and Kyle Hudlin. Reese Murphy also on the score sheet for Yeovil. And the other game as well, Aldershot to Barnet 3 Aldershot who were kind of just wanting the season to end, I think, now. They've had a really good season, but I think they're ready to build for next season. But Barnett again, Rob, Simon Bassey, another good win for them. And I know there's really nothing for them to play for, but if you've got momentum at the end of the season, you, you can take it into the next season now, can't you? Well, it's huge. And all those players are playing for their future. You know, I know one who's there on loan till the end of the season, Sam Beard uh, from Dorking, played like a man possessed uh, a week ago against Aldershot. He's clearly getting the game by the scruff of the neck and saying, I want to be a professional player in full-time next year. Um, he's making a good case for himself. Um, for Barnet, I mean, that's far and away the best of their results because they're a long way from home, up north in Altrincham. They're 2-0 down. And I guess that the likes of Bassey and Dave Anderson looked, at, look, looked into the whites of their team's eyes and said, what are you going to do? Have you got the character you've shown you have, you know, to come back? And they uh, folded earlier in the season. They'd have lost that four or five nil, wouldn't they? They would have done absolutely, but they turned it round. Three two winners in the end, and uh, it's now, I believe, two wins and two draws under Bassey and uh, and Dave Anderson. They've done a really impressive job, uh, haven't they, Dan? Uh, just turning things around at Barnet. Yeah, definitely. It's Barnet's my local club, so uh, I always keep a little eye to see how they they're getting on. And it's been a tough season, I think, for everyone involved and. Credit to, to the new manager and his team for coming in and, and changing it around so quickly. So, like you said, hopefully they can they can build on that for the rest of this season and, and start off next season afresh. 
I was going to say, do you know, do you know a few of the squad at Barnet? I mean, obviously, it's been a lot of, well, it's been a very down season, but there's been a lot of upheaval as well, hasn't there? Yeah, definitely. I think the boys in there are kind of thinking, let's get let's get this season over and done with, and and we'll start again fresh next year and look to push on and and put Barnet back to where they should be. Because they're definitely one of the bigger clubs in the division, and uh, shouldn't be any near anywhere near where they are at the moment. Probably the big winners yesterday, you know, um, by not you know who didn't actually play, but had to be Hartlepool. They'll have uh, they'll they'll have been rubbing their hands together, won't they, with uh, Sutton losing and and Torquay only able to get a point against Notts County. When you look at the top of that table now, uh, the differential in games and points isn't quite there like it was a few weeks ago, was it? No, and in a way as well, because Hartlepool aren't top anymore. Do you think that takes a bit of pressure off them because they're not there to be shot at now? If that makes sense, you know they they are in second, and maybe the pressure's off a little bit, and the pressure's back on Torquay. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know about that. It's a good point. It's a fair question. But I, I think I think those three sides know they have a massive, massive chance of getting, you know, an automatic promotion out of the most difficult league in football to get out of. And I think that in itself creates its own pressure. To be fair, none of those three teams were heavy favourites at the start of the season. Um, yeah, the odd one was mentioned in dispatches, but uh, really the real pressure falls on the likes of uh, Stockport County, Notts mm. County, um, and, and and probably more recently so uh, Wrexham, although Wrexham have, have, have definitely improved their fortunes over the last couple of months. Dan, who's your money on out of those three? Or are you still maybe saying Stockport will get in there as well? No, I think it's going to be very tight up, up the top end. I always like to say, I think points on the board are definitely better than games. If I had to... If I had to back one, I'm going to go with Hartley Four. I think their their form at the moment and for the last couple of months has been right up there, and it's the reason why they've picked league. So, if I had to put my money on someone, I'd, I'd definitely back Hartley Four. There we go. Brill. Uh, anything else, Rob? I think that's just about it. Is it? Yeah. No. Just to say that um, you know we obviously really enjoyed the, uh, the quiz that we uh, that we did with the boys, uh, Matt Smith, Brazier, Adam Summerton, and uh, Adam Fergo. Uh, that's available elsewhere. Um, you know, all good podcasting uh, platforms, indeed. That, yeah, that's the one. We've got a new special guest on next week. Delighted to say that someone else from BT Sport, uh, Becky Ives, will be on with us next week. We're looking forward to that, aren't we? Absolutely. Yeah, we've been looking to get her on for a while. Of course, you'll see her on. You've seen her on the uh, BT Score reporting from grounds up and around the country on the National League, and we'll get her thoughts on the podcast next week. Nice one. Well, Dan, um, cheers for that. And uh, hopefully, no worries. Can, anytime you can keep up your goal scoring form till the end of the season, and maybe you'll catch Michael Cheek. Who knows? Maybe he's not got that, that golden boot polish just yet. Hopefully, hopefully. We'll have to wait and see. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, nice one, Rob. Yeah, cheers, Luke. And great to meet you, Dan. All the best. Keep you flying, too, mate. Uh, don't forget to give us a follow on Twitter at NL Full Time and also on Instagram as well. And give us a subscribe so that you'll get the podcast uploaded to your device every week. Until then, look after yourselves and we'll see you all very soon.